This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm Brett Baer, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, June 16th, 2023. I'm Evan Brown. How did a group of Russian hackers infiltrate the computers of everything from university hospitals to nuclear waste dump sites? Didn't they update their software? Well, this application was compromised and people didn't know, didn't apply the patches, didn't know that they had to. And so therefore, it became this great avenue for the bad guys to get in across the world. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The University of Georgia, Shell Energy, Johns Hopkins University Healthcare, the Department of Energy's Oak Ridge Associated Universities, and its Waste Isolation Pilot Plant, the nuclear waste disposal in New Mexico. These are just some of the entities falling victim to a cyber attack by a known Russia-backed group of hackers who exploited a weakness in the MoveIt app, a cloud storage service. The app's vulnerability is well documented, and an update to the software to fix it was made available, but it might never have been used. This attack is notable for its pervasiveness. Michael Balboni is a former Homeland Security advisor to the state of New York and is now president of Redland Strategies. And reminds the um, cybersecurity world of what was known as the Log4j vulnerability a couple of years ago where basically the bad guys get into applications that are widely used, compromise them, and then use it as a platform for their attack. In addition to which, the WannaCry attack years before that had a global impact as well. And so those two features of this attack is what has caused people to really sit up and take notice. So when we talk about attacks like this, we could talk about how there's infiltration into computer networks and how they can jam up, you know, either operations that are uh, government facilities or private organizations. But what happened in, in the most simplest of terms here? Why, why was this not benign is probably the best way to ask that. So typically, all of these attacks, whether it's this attack or, or an isolated attack, happen because of one of five reasons. The first is that there is an unpatched application on the network or there's a misaligned configuration on the network, or they have leaked or compromised passwords, or a social media phishing campaign, or an insider threat. Here, like we had with Log4j, is that this was an unpatched vulnerability. And people in the public aren't necessarily focused on that aspect of it, but when software is put out into the world, it necessarily cannot figure out all the different application vulnerabilities. And so therefore, what they have to do is they have to provide patches, basically close those vulnerabilities. 
But if you have a widespread application like this, that was called Move It, is the application that is commonly used across the world. Well, this application was compromised and people didn't apply the patches, didn't know that they had to. And so therefore it became this great avenue for the bad guys to get in across the world. This is significant because we don't yet know everybody in the world that's using Move It and everybody in the world that is now open to compromise. Let's talk about what compromise actually means. It's one thing to be infiltrated. It's another thing for the infiltrators, these hackers, to do something beyond that that could cause problems. Often we've taught, we've heard things about, you know, we've heard about ransomware where computer systems, IT networks are locked up with a demand of, of payment. We had a big scare in Florida about the potentiality of some kind of hacker that might have gained access to a public utility and may have altered um, water sanitation for a whole community. We later learned that was not necessarily the case, but it was still rather frightening. So what happens beyond the infiltration? What could happen? What are the most frequent things or the, or the most feared things? So when you take a look through the, the history of attacks, what you learn is that ransomware, which has been the most notorious of the attacks, is actually a smaller percentage of the actual attacks itself. The dominant feature of the attacks is basically stealing what they call data exfiltration, basically stealing data. The ransomware attacks have actually evolved. And so the traditional, if you could use that word, ransomware attacks involved the ability to of the attackers to get in and delete backup systems and then come in and encrypt operating systems. And this was used to great effect when combined with surveillance and persistence. What does that mean? They get in a network, they basically travel around, they find out what people are doing. And, and like, so for example, if you had a law firm that was going to do a major merger and acquisition, well, the day before this, you know, multi-million dollar deal was supposed to close, they came and they said, okay, guess what? You've been breached and now your backups are, are deleted and now your operating network, you can't get to the documents you need to close. Pay us this, the, the, known as the just-in-time ransomware attack. That has now changed. And what has happened is that, you know, this is a give and take. This is really a battle back and forth between the defenders and the attackers. And the defenders, led by CISA at the federal government in the Home, Department of Homeland Security, Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agency, they've gotten better at, at helping people and helping networks understand the threats. And so people have made good progress. So what they can do now is they can tell how long the bad guys have been in, you know, as, you know under the hood within, a, within a, an enterprise. So what the attackers are doing now, they're adjusting. And so they're not trying to get into this, what they know is persistence, but rather they're in they surveil things, and now they come and they identify data that, if exposed, is going to be a problem. So, obviously, if it's personally identifiable information, if it's HIPAA-protected healthcare information, if it's information relating to financial transactions that must be encrypted at rest and in transit, and the agency's not doing that, well, now that gives leverage to the bad guys to sit there and say, aha, you're not doing the things you should be doing. You're out of regulation. We're going to cause you a problem or we're going to make this very public and we're going to try to reduce the confidence, like say in a municipality, in your right. operating systems itself. So that is what we're seeing in this attack. 
How does an attack like this happen? There's obviously some insecurity. There was a, a, a software patch that I guess wasn't applied. But the application of such a software patch, that takes someone deciding to do it. So at yeah. some point, that's a, that's a, a, a policy fail. That a, a, uh, someone didn't do their job somewhere. Do we know where that happened, where, where that failure occurred? So I think, I think a lot of people are, don't have the appreciation that cyber attacks are big business globally. They're also the focus of nation states that want to undermine and compromise the U.S. operating systems or, frankly, operating systems around the world. And then in the more sinister aspect of it, it may also be the preparation of a battle space in Department of Defense terminology. In other words, you go into someone you might be getting into a conflict with and you try to make sure that you take and you compromise their cyber systems. We've seen that. Uh, it first began in a, in a country called Estonia a long time ago with right. Russia. You know, so we've seen this in the back. So what, what you have here is the bad guys are on the web and in the dark web continuously scanning networks every single second. They are scanning networks and they're seeing whether or not there are some types of vulnerabilities. When you get this kind of broad-based application that is, in fact, not patched, not secure, and people find in the bad world, find out about that, they then go in and they utilize this across various networks. And what they do is they go after the money. They go after, you know, so Johns Hopkins was uh, involved in this, apparently. Johns Hopkins would be a top target because it has two things. It has healthcare information, incredibly sensitive, right. needs to be protected, and it has money. So that's why the ransom would be launched against them. But also, frankly, in municipalities, you know, the ability to embarrass public officials. But I want to, I want to make a case, though. Sure. And this is, I wish people would understand this. And the bad guys are not the defenders. You know, a lot of municipalities don't have the money to always patch the right way, or they might have end-of-life applications or programs on their network. And, and sure, they should put more money and more talent, but they also don't have people who necessarily can help with the type of defense because getting cyber really talented cyber warriors to work for local governments really really hard because you right. don't pay at the scale that say a google or an oracle would pay right so the bad guys here are not the defenders they're the the guys in the nation states or these international criminals that are doing this and a lot of times municipalities sit back and say now wait, wait let me get this straight so i'm being attacked from someone around the world and with incredible sophistication and focus, I mean, we know what the Chinese have done. You know, they have whole units, you know, hundreds and hundreds of individuals who have been trained on how to hack. Right. And yet some municipality, I've got to stand up to this and I've got to prepare the defenses. Wait a minute. Where's the Department of Defense? Where's Washington, D.C. to help protect me and my assets so we can further protect the people we serve? That, that's actually part of the resentment that's growing all across the municipal space in America. We are speaking with Michael Babloni. He is the president of Redland Strategies and a former Homeland Security advisor for the state of New York on this recent cyber attack that, among the other victims, is the U.S. Department of Energy. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. I understand the point you're making because if a foreign actor you know, who is is doing this and it is backed by, as you say, a nation state. Let's just say in the case it could be Russia, it could be China. And that's not a, a small 
you know, rogue uh, a terrorist state in, in the middle, middle East or, or, or Africa somewhere. This is a major world power. And they're the, if they're the ones behind it, is, is that not an attack on U.S. sovereignty? I think that's the you're right. kind of getting into exactly. like a very big discussion here. Is this not an attack against our nation? And how do we defend and repel that? That's, I think, st- still quite an unanswered question. And, and some of these attacks, like you mentioned, healthcare, but also research. And in fact, one of these facilities that was compromised was one of our nuclear waste uh, dumps in New Mexico, yeah. which is a pretty big deal. We, we want to keep that stuff um, secured, I would think. Uh, well, several years ago, there was a report that talked about the fact that uh, bad actors, threat actors, as they're called, we're already in a lot of the energy networks across the country. Now, I just finished a, a stint with the uh, New York Power Authority, the largest public authority in uh, the United States. Got a chance to work with their cyber team. And, you know, this is a top issue for everybody. So who's in your network? And luckily, the authority is really sophisticated when it comes to this. But a lot of enterprises that are of a smaller scale, utilities across the country, they don't necessarily have that kind of sophistication or budget to try to prevent these things from happening. And the question becomes, so if the bad guys are in our utilities, you know, what could they do if they decided that there was a conflict? Could they turn off the lights? Could they compromise electrical generation or transmission? So, you know, these are things that people in Washington have been focused on. But again, it is really, certainly as it relates to smaller municipalities, you know, counties, maybe even states, this is really kind of, well, you're on your own. We'll give you the tools to understand what the threat is and we'll suggest different strategies. But, you know, we're not going to defend you. I believe that that needs to be rethought, that this is an attack on our country. And regardless of where it comes from, at one point it should be, if it's criminal, it should be the FBI with a lot of resources helping different municipalities. And of course, if it is a nation state attack, then it should be the Department of Defense. In the meantime, before we have a defense, a national defense strategy with this, a lot of people are doing what they do when they feel threatened and they don't have help. They they uh, they start to defend themselves. Uh, and right. in this case, they they try to hire or or buy digital or cyber security, whatever that may be. Right. But as, right. as we talked earlier, a lot of that is is policy and procedure. It's it's keeping your password updated and secured. It's 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 updating your software. So what is your in your expert opinion? How would you advise both? Let's put it this way. How would you advise the government agency to do this? How would you advise a large company to do this? How would you advise a small business to do this? How would you advise just a private citizen managing their own data to do this? What's what's the best, uh, you know, one, two or three things they could do? I, I guess the first thing, the most important thing is to recognize that your that your cyber networks, your your um, IT networks are not simply the road you travel to complete your business task or your personal life. In other words, you have to pay attention to what's happening in these operating networks because so much the irony, of course, is that so much of our civilization is now on a digital basis. Right. And, you know, just from our cell phones, right? It's a single point of failure in terms of our connectivity, in terms of our, our business relationships, in terms of our personal relationships. Right. So you have to pay attention to what's going on. So, you know, the first thing is understand what the phishing environment is, you know, and it's getting more and more sophisticated, especially with the advent of artificial intelligence. Now the attacks have gotten absolutely sophisticated. But, you know, it begins with the old thing. Nobody of, of repute is going to ask you 
to send personal information over uh, an email out of the blue. Just not, not going to happen. And, and, and we, we are such a fast-paced society. You need to stop. And if someone asks you for that and you don't know who the person is, don't respond. If, if anything, you know, call me are the two words that I think we should really adopt when it relates to unknown digital transactions. Call me and tell me what you want, and then I'll verify who you are. The second piece is that you really kind of know your operating system. You, again, years ago, with our dis- distributed workforce, everybody working from home, the FBI put, a, put out a report a couple of years ago that basically said the home routers could actually be compromised. Well, who pays attention to their home routers? Well, everybody should, should pay attention to that. And it doesn't really take that much time to update your routers. Make sure you've got the right security on them. And in terms of, of municipalities in, in, as a whole, there is a responsibility to understand what assets, what are on your networks, what endpoints are you servicing? This whole issue about, you know, bring your own device to work. Well, you have to have a policy as to who has access to your operating networks. It should be privileged access. We should segment the most important prioritized data and make sure you can't get to the, you know, the keys to the kingdom. We got to protect that first. We got to make sure that we train people to understand it. If in particularly in a government system, if you're accessing this network, you have a real responsibility to do so responsibly. Because as I said before, one of the, the key attack vectors is an insider threat. And so we really need to understand who has privileged access. And then the last piece is, you know, you have to watch how your networks operate. And if there is a, a variation, you know, in the middle of the night, suddenly there's a lot of things happening on your network. There's data moving back and forth. Well, that should be a signal. You know, if, if suddenly a lot of, there's an uptick in phishing emails, phishing scans, scams, and, and it, it comes around maybe perhaps a, a major project or transaction, Pay attention, talk to somebody about it, and at least make sure that security becomes a top focus for everybody who's protecting data. Michael Balboni, you are the former Homeland Security Advisor for New York State and now president of Redland Strategies. Thank you once again for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.